a lot went into this. I really had to dig deep, but uh, we'll get to it. Uh, let's go in our Bible to Titus 2.11. Hear some amens when we get there. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. If you notice in that verse, it doesn't say to some people, it says to all people. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today to ask, Lord, that you just watch over us. Lord, we pray to thank you for your countless blessings over us, Lord. We pray to thank you for this message that's been given, Lord. I ask that you come into me, Lord, and allow me to give that message just as you would have it given. Lord, pray to thank you for the work that's gone into everything to get the stage and get the sanctuary prepared for today's service. Pray, Lord, to thank you for the blessings over this church, over our congregation. Lord, just ask that you be with us, Lord. Open our hearts and minds for this message. Lord, I ask that you remove all pride from me, all ego, all anger. Lord, anything that may get in the way of this message. Pray to thank you, Lord, for allowing me this opportunity to be obedient. Pray to thank you, Lord, for giving me an opportunity to share something that's part of my past and a part of my present and what will be a part of my future. Pray to ask, Lord, that you just guide us. Lord, I ask for your wisdom and your knowledge. Lord, help me to deliver. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. We're going to talk about my old friend and my new friend. But in that, we will cover God's grace and God's mercy. Uh, and how it pertains to some things in my life. And um, talk about this old friend of mine. Um, I really had to dig up some old, some of my past to, uh, to get here to this point with this old friend. I uh, had an old friend years ago. Not a lot of people cared for this guy. Uh, I can't say his name. Some of you in here may know him, know of him. Uh, not a good dude. He uh, lived a life of sin. Uh, we both run the roads. And uh, this guy, he, he wasn't really a believer. He uh, walked the way of a non-believer. Uh, the things that he did, the way he lived his life, uh, you wouldn't look at this guy and think, this dude's a Christian. Uh, be quite the opposite, actually. Um, let me stop for just a second. You know, they say when you when you have fear and when you have worry, uh, you know, you come up before a group of people, you tremble a little bit. I've got to say, my legs are trembling a little bit. But <laughs> let me let me point out the fact: it's not because I'm worried or fearful or doubtful or scared. It's because all week I put Satan under my feet. And he's trying to get back up. And so I just need a little bit of weight to hold me down to keep him, keep him held down. So 
A little bit of trembling, you see me shaking, that's what it is. I'm just trying to hold my weight down, keep him under my feet. So, so anyways, with this friend, uh, he was the only person I felt like I could count on. Uh, I knew he had heard of God. Uh, one time, I think he was saved as a kid and, you know, did like a lot of people do. They kind of drift off and they go their own way. And... Uh, this guy, man, he, he definitely wasn't living the life of a Christian, uh, troubled, uh, had a lot of things, I think, in his teen years. He had a good raising, uh, had a good family, good support system, good people around him. But for whatever reason, he, I guess, took a different route, you know, from his teaching and things like that. And uh, being around this guy, it kind of became what I was used to, you know, I was used to being around this type of person, uh, being involved with some of the things that this guy did. And uh, in that, you know, there was, there was a certain amount of things that um, I guess bled over into the way I did things. Uh, a lot of these things that this guy did I think was pride. I think a lot of it was stubbornness, uh, things that filled his head and his heart. Uh, around this time of his life, he wasn't a good person to be around. Uh, but when you don't have anybody, sometimes that's that's the best you can do. Um, or so you th you know you think you don't have people that you can rely on or count on. That's uh, that's what you do. You you hang out with the people that make you feel comfortable. You know, this person was a thief. This person was a liar. Uh, would rob you blind. This guy would, we would sit around and scheme the things that we were going to do, the things that we were, any, any way that we could go take advantage of somebody in order to make money or to benefit ourselves. Um, it took a long time to figure out that that's not the kind of person I needed to be. It took a long time, much longer than it should have, but this guy also had what I would say was an addiction, uh, dealt with pills, dealt with uh, alcohol, various drugs, things like that. Um, anything to dull the pain, you know, anything to take away whatever it was that this guy was hiding from or needed to overcome for a period of time just to get through the next day, the next week, the next month. And there was a path of destruction around this guy that, I mean, you could tell where he'd been because everybody's looking and, and trying to figure out what just happened. The guy had a silver tongue. He could deny, lie, uh, anything you can imagine that's bad, this guy could do it and would totally convince you otherwise. No, I wasn't a part of that, or no, I didn't do that. You know, and this old friend, you know, I, I, a couple times, I think he tried to change. I think he wanted to change, but he never really put forth the effort, never really tried, I think, as hard as he could have or should have to uh, overcome some of these things. Um, being around him, it was just kind of, that was what I was used to. You know, 
uh, the lying and the stealing and uh, things like that that, again, didn't display the values of a true Christian. You know, like I say, this guy had been saved when he was young but had kind of veered away from that for whatever the reason. This guy also, this guy also, among taking advantage of different people, different family, and things like that, he was, he would take advantage of women that were also in a bad place, just like himself, uh, would take advantage of a situation, maybe for a place to stay for the night, uh, a meal, a little bit of money whatever he could get from anybody around him much like a leech does a leech is a parasite that just draws from a host or someone around them and uh, I'm really glad to see that that guy finally did something with himself he finally changed and a lot of that is where God's grace and mercy comes in I talk about all these things that I was used to and all of the things that I was around with this old friend, the things that we involved ourselves in, the things that we did to other people, the harm, the path of destruction that uh, we left behind. And I didn't think there was any saving this guy. And so, with God's grace and mercy, again, this guy, he, he was changed. That guy was me. That old friend was the devil. And the devil working through me and in me. And I'm not proud of any of that, but I wouldn't go back and change none of it because God had used that to put me on the stage in front of everyone here to try to bring a message today about his grace and mercy. Come on. That was the life I had when I didn't know Jesus. I had been saved as a young child, a younger kid, I guess. Um, it was one of those knee-jerk things. I, let me back up. God pushed me down that aisle that day when I ran up there at that Hooks Baptist Church and gave my life to Christ, and for whatever reason, I steered away from it. In my teen years, got into some things. Something else I didn't mention in all of that, I was also a cheater. And I don't mean in relationships. I cheated death a few times by my own hand and by the hand of another. I almost died a few times because of my ways and my thought process. I didn't feel like I had anybody or anything. And that's a sad place to be because I did have people. I had people all around me that cared, that looked after me, that kind of behind the scenes would just make sure that I had what I needed to get by, that would occasionally check up on me. and. Um, 
I don't know, just a few times that I had gone through some things, I realized that God wasn't finished with me, that I had a purpose and that I had a place. And that whole 10 foot tall and bulletproof way of life was not the life that I needed to live anymore. I needed to humble myself and I needed to try to find God because the way that I was going, I'm going to tell you what, God's patient. He's going to give you a lot of chances, a lot of opportunity. But you got to pick up the phone when he calls. Some of the things that I went through in my life, aside from being tormented by the devil, I had mental pain and strife from anxiety, depression, dealt with chronic pain from a back injury, spiritual pain, feeling alone, feeling like I had nobody. And then at that time, I felt like if there was a God, he hadn't noticed me yet. I knew that there was a God, but I just didn't feel like I was worthy. I was deserving of anything that he had for me. My sister and brother-in-law took me on a trip. We went camping. This was right after I almost took my own life. We had a good time. I think we went to Broken Bow. And there, they talked to me about God. They saw what was going on. They knew how I was living. They were kind of behind the scenes, set back, and let me do my thing because they knew God. They knew that when the time was right, God was going to slow me down and put the brakes on and say, that's enough. That's your last call. This last time I'm going to call you, it's time to straighten up. They knew that. And so he gave them the message. He gave them the word to give to me. But they had to take me out in the middle of nowhere to get me away from the lifestyle I was living. They had to take me out to get me away from everything that I had involved myself in, had been doing around all these other people, and so forth. But I'm going to tell you what, when they got me out there and they told me about God, it worked. It worked. But I fought it. Man, I fought it hard. I went from all of those things that I mentioned earlier to I'm standing on a stage giving a message and like I say I wouldn't change any of that because he used that message that old me and the transformation and transition into the new me so that I can come up here and let every one of you know if I can do it go from that to this y'all can too my biggest problem in my walk, this is when I was 21 years old. I'm 41 now. It's been 20 years. 
the biggest reason it's taken as long as it has for me to go from that to this is because I was lukewarm. For many years, I would be super hot or super cold. Most of that time, I would ride the fence. I had one foot, one foot in my old life and one foot into this new life that God was calling me for. For a long time, I lived my life that way, but he didn't give up on me. He didn't give up on me, and I'm grateful for that. But since this church began, and this church is four walls, but this church right here is something. This church in the last couple of years has brought me on over that fence and into what I need to be doing. I'm still in transition. I still make mistakes. I still have instances of weakness, poor judgment. I am still attacked by Satan trying to drag me back over to the other side of that other fence to be the old person that I used to be, the old person that I've tried so hard to get away from. It's like I just said, you got to keep him under your feet and keep stamping on him. In all of these attacks and all of these things that I battle on a daily basis, whereas before I felt alone, I'm surrounded by people in this church that helped to carry me on and helped to carry me through, a good voice of reason, a good voice of sound counsel. Not only that, I've got Jesus, and he's not going to leave me alone. Even if my friends here decide that they're too busy doing their own thing or they're working on their own transition, their own life, I'm grateful to know that Jesus will never leave me. It's just like it says John 829, the one who sent me is with me. My, my God has a purpose and a reason for me. I had to endure those things in my past and my hardships. The feelings of being helpless, alone, useless, unworthy, undeserving. I had to be, I had to live that destructive life. We'll look at Timothy 1, 12 through 16 right quick. I'm going to read it out loud. I don't have a slide for this. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came to the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. The one that I really wanted to stick was 1 Timothy 1, 16. 
But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Folks, that's why I went through everything I did, so that I could transform and transition and be here today for this service. There's somebody out there that's going through a lot of the same stuff. There's a lot of people out there that may be going through something similar that have that old friend nagging and following them around that they can't quite get under their feet. I'm hoping I can show you today how to do that, how to get rid of that old friend and get this new one in there. Your struggle today is your story tomorrow. And all those things I went through then has created my story today. God's made it, God has been patient, and his patience has made it apparent how many times I messed up and he loved me anyway. It wasn't just about my salvation. It was about how he would one day use me to tell my story, to show others his grace and his mercy, and through my salvation, bring others to salvation also, so that they can share later their stories of his grace and his mercy. I was a man that was one way, and now I am another. We'll go to Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, 10. But whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor on me and not without results. For I have worked harder than any of the other apostles, yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by his grace. I had days where I had to fight. I had days where I struggled. I had days where I faltered. But even still, God's grace and God's mercy working in me is what got me through that, what brought me where I am. I need you to get that. It wasn't anything that I did. It was everything that he did. It wasn't everything that I went through. It's everything that he brought me through. When I was going through the things that I was going through, I had family that looked out for me. I had people that would speak to me from time to time about God, but I just didn't know what to do. I didn't feel deserving. I didn't feel like I was worthy of God's grace and God's mercy. In some of that, feeling of unworthy and undeserving, I would 
sometimes fall back into my old ways. I would get down on myself. I would talk myself out of salvation, basically. And I say me, I, I really mean it's the devil, the devil in my head, Satan doing his work to steal, kill, and destroy. And it was working. And one day, I just got up. I said, I can't do this anymore. I can't live this back and forth, this back and forth. I still struggle. I still have problems. I still work to get past them. My God comes to heal, feel, and bring joy. In the days when I struggle the hardest, I try to remind myself of that. No matter how hard Satan's lurking around the corner, waiting to attack, Jesus is not going to leave me. We talk about not knowing how to reach salvation. We talk about how we don't know what steps to take, even though somebody can stand up here like I'm doing today and say, come on, come on. All you got to do is come to the altar. All you got to do is come to the altar. Give your heart to him. Submit to God. Speaking of submission, we have to submit to God and we have to give him all of ourselves. I was reminded lately by my wife that she was very proud of me for finally submitting myself to God. And I didn't show it much then. <laughs> I didn't show it much then, but that woman there, I tell you what, I went and I cried because I finally, I finally did something that needed to be done for a long time. I submitted myself. I lead Bible study, and my very first Bible study was submission. And I did, I do my Bible study, I started my Bible study doing things, topics of things that I struggled with. But it wasn't just me, it was the things that God said, you struggle with this, you're going to face it, you're going to overcome it, you're going to get past it because I've got something for you later. I didn't know what I had. I didn't know what he had for me later. I never thought I'd be leading a Bible study. So we started with submission. We went into the Bible, the tongue, anxiety, all these things that I struggle with. And I had to face these things. In submission, something that stuck with me, I should be able to recite it without looking at it, but I want to make sure I'm correct with it. James 4, 7, therefore submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's pretty strong for somebody that is struggling to submit because if you're not submitting to God, you're submitting to Satan. So if you want the transition, you want the transformation, you have to submit to God. You have to give him all of you, not one leg over the fence and one leg in the, in the old life not one night hanging out with your old friend and then you come to church Sunday morning and you're hanging out with your new friend. A show of submission can be as simple and as easy as coming to the altar and calling out to God. Just like 
David did in Psalms 51. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. It's as easy as that, guys. You come down here to this altar, you throw your hands in there, and you say that, he's going to knock down the door to your heart, and he's going to come in there, and he's going to tell you, you're not a slave to sin anymore. You're not a slave to the devil anymore. Grab your Bibles. Let's go to Romans 6. We're going to look at Romans 6, 8 through 14. I'm in the NIV, by the way. Romans 6, 8. amen when we get there all right yeah I gave you a little more time now if we died with Christ we believe that we will also live with him for we know that since Christ was raised from the dead he cannot die again death no longer has mastery over him the death he died he died to sin once for all but the life he lives he lives to God in the same way count yourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. Because like we had just said, Romans 6, 14, verse for sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law, but under grace. You're under God's grace. He's not a slave to death because he overcame it. When you go to Jesus and you come up here and you call out like David did in Psalms 51, and you ask for him to forgive you, you ask for him to come into your heart and cleanse you of your sin and your iniquity, you're no longer a slave to that devil you're going to fight him but you ain't a slave no more but you got to take that step you got to come up and submit yourself our God is the only God that can offer you that grace and that mercy that you need for salvation you can have friends you can have people around you that are forgiving to you when you do something wrong or when you make a mistake but God's the only one that can give you that grace and mercy to transition from the walk with your old friend to the walk with your new friend. We talked about my past and something I left out that I wanted to share. During the times when I was running around doing all those terrible things that I was doing and living the life that I was living, 
there were a lot of people that still would reach out to me and try to be a voice of reason that would still try to reach out and talk to me about God even though they knew they were telling it on deaf ears I didn't care to hear anything that they had to say I didn't feel like again that I was worthy or deserving of this great God that everyone was trying to tell me about I felt like the life I was living was just going to be floating through and eventually maybe one day I would get it I don't know it's hard to explain but for all those people that continued to have that grace and that mercy and forgiveness to me I want to thank them. There's some that are watching online. There's some that are in this room. I appreciate that because you didn't give up on me, just like God didn't give up on me. His patience and yours, it really means something. The fact that you didn't give up. He's not going to because he loves me, but I know there's a lot of people that I made mad, that I did wrong, that continue to forgive me and continued to talk to me and try to bring me closer to God because they were Christians and they already knew of his grace and mercy. Slide 8, Nick, Luke 6.36. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. This is in red. You're going to encounter people that do you wrong. There's going to be people that blow through your life like a tornado, that are destructive, that tear up everything in their path, just like I did. The fact that somebody had mercy on me, the fact that God shared his mercy and his grace over me, I transitioned into a wind that now pushes the sails for others to get them a little further along in their walk. I'm no longer a tornado of destruction that's walking hand in hand with Satan, stealing and killing and destroying. It's time for the healing. It's time for the feeling. Feeling. And it's time to bring joy. For those of you that have not began your transition, are you going to come up and ask his mercy over you? Are you going to come up and ask for him to share his mercy and his grace over you? Are you going to be lukewarm in that transition? Are you going to hold on to your old friends, your old way of life, the things that are comfortable that you know, the things that you were used to? because it's comfortable? Are you going to step outside of your box, go ahead and jump on over that fence and just see what's over there and see what God has for you? And are you going to do it 100%? Are you going to do it fully hot? Don't be lukewarm. It took me 20 years, guys. Man, the, the things that I've felt and had come over me over the last two years in my walk, man, I wish I'd have done it a long time ago. I wish I had done it a long time ago. I wish I had not sat on the fence being lukewarm 
holding on to what was holding me back. The other side of the fence is so much better. The new friend, run to him. Like I'd mentioned earlier, God's patient. Just like it said in 2 Timothy, it's going to keep being stubborn, trying to do it yourself. Wait till Satan attacks you so hard and so fervently that you put a gun in your mouth that you contemplate taking your own life because of the attacks and the ways that he's pulling you back and pulling you down. You're going to wait. You're going to be stubborn. Don't do it. I got lucky. I had God's grace and God's mercy. You do too, but you got to ask for it and you got to come down and submit. Let go of your pride. Let go of your ego. Let go of that old friend. Reach out for the new one. You will not be disappointed. He put me up here in front of you guys, and I still, I am so grateful for it. I'm so grateful for the transition. I just wish I'd let my pride and my, my stubbornness get, get out of the way a long time ago. The good thing about that is, is I'm 41 and I'm, I'm a part of it now instead of when I'm 81. I've got a long ways to go and I've got a lot of people to reach and I'm coming for every one of them. I'm going to get all I can because I've missed out so much already. I don't want to do it twice. Get your pen and paper. Or your phone, if you take notes on your phone. Go ahead, Nick. No matter your present place, you're only passing through it. I am grateful for that. I am grateful for passing through the place I used to be. Even though I'm standing up here now and I'm passing through this, there's going to be something better for me on down the road.